Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Radio 92.7 WFNZ. It's the Wesson Walker Show. Fiddy and Flounder filling in for the Doves. The Kyle Bailey Show coming up at 3 p.m. Except it's not Kyle Bailey hosting. He is somewhere in the woods lumberjacking some wood. So his good... uh, Is that an adjective? Lumberjacking? Yeah. I just made it one. Okay. Uh, so good, good, good friend of his, former ex, uh, executive producer of the Kyle Bailey Show, um, fellow Tar Heel. Heel. Yep, fellow Tar Heel. That's right. You heard him during middays during Charlotte Sports Today's mini run there over the summer. Julian Council is going to fill in. Him and Smoke will take you up till 6 p.m. today here on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Um, week 16 of the NFL. Came to a conclusion last night. The Chargers beat the Colts. The Chargers clinched their first playoff berth in four years. First one for Herbert and Brandon Staley. But uh, a wild week across the NFL. The Saturday games, I thought, just delivered all the way across the board. Oh, yes. 100%. Uh, something about the NFL on a Saturday was was just really great. The 1 o'clock games from the Carolina win over Detroit was spectacular. You had some thrilling. You know, Cincinnati, New England was Chaotic at the end. Philly and Dallas lived up to the hype despite Jalen Hurts not being in the lineup for the Dirty Birds. And then the night game to celebrate the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. Steelers comeback win over the Raiders. But with that, the playoff picture really coming into frame across the league. In the AFC, the Chiefs, Bills, Bengals, Ravens, and Chargers have all clinched playoff bursts with the Bengals and the Ravens battling out for that AFC North. The Dolphins, Jets, and Patriots are all fighting for a wild card spot. And then you got the Jaguars and the Titans. That's right. They're battling for that that AFC South. In a division that a month ago felt all but wrapped up, the Titans were 7-3. and three. Mike Vabrell was doing another really good job across, you know, coaching that team, which had gone through injury after injury. And then all hell broke loose. On the flip side, the Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence has been the best quarterback in football the last month or so. He's really oh, taken he's off. outstanding, man. So, you oh. know, those two teams are going to be a lot of fun to watch the last two weeks of the year. I know the Titans got Dallas on Thursday. Not sure of Jacksonville's opponent this weekend. Um, and I believe they meet the final week of the regular season. Then in the NFC. Eagles, Cowboys, Niners, and Minnesota. Jacksonville hosts, or uh, it travels to Houston. This week? Yes. And then they play Tennessee the final week. Yes, of the they, yeah. host, they host that game. To me, that's cut and dry. Yeah. I, I think the Jaguars win that division. Tennessee, dude, Malik Will. we can see why Malik Willis dropped. I mean, he he could not do anything for them the other day. 
And I mean, to lose to that Texans team, which by the way, I am still convinced there were times the other day, it looked like they were legitimately trying to lose the game on purpose. And Tennessee still could not find a way to beat them. I, I mean, oh my God. With Derrick Henry in the lineup. My God. In the NFC, the Eagles, Cowboys, Niners, and Minnesota, they've all clinched playoffs. Burst. Of course, everybody here knows Panthers, Bucks, and Saints. They're all battling for the NFC South. And then that final, the, the, the final wild card spots, Seahawks, Giants, the Commanders, the Green Bay Packers. Oh, my God. And the oh. Detroit Lions are all fighting for that final wild card berth. Did you watch Green Bay Miami on Christmas Day? Yes. The whole time I was watching that game. And Miami had the chance to put the game away. They didn't. So many times. And, so many times. And you just kept giving Aaron Rodgers chance after chance after chance. I know Tua was awful in that second half. But I looked at my, my, my dad, and my dad knows the disdain, hatred I have for noted shot Aaron Rodgers. And I said, this guy's going to make the playoffs. Oh, come on, man. It's not hate. And... You know, if, if Green Bay makes the playoffs, no yep. matter what that record is, whether it's 8-9 and nine or even they get to 9-8, and eight, nobody wants to see them because Rodgers, those receivers have grown up. That defense has stiffened up a little bit. And I'm just sitting here thinking Brady's numbers are, are really, really good. Oh, no. Rodgers' oh, numbers are, are, are pretty, pretty good. If those two guys get in, Aren't you going to have more trust in those two dudes to advance in the postseason than Jalen Hurts, who hasn't won a playoff game? Kirk Cousins has a playoff win. Dak Prescott has a playoff win. And then you've got Daniel Jones. He doesn't strike fear in anybody. Washington's either going to be with Heineke, Carson Wentz. Geno Smith's been a nice story. But the last three well, weeks, that, we've that really seen him struggle. That team's not making the playoffs. So it's like, are we are we headed for a collision course of Brady Rodgers? But in the opposite, where they're no. maybe below five hundred teams. Please God, no. I look. I've gotten to the point with with Brady, and a lot of people probably won't like this. I just, I, I can't, I, I I can't pull for Aaron Rodgers ever. With with Brady, I've just accepted that. Look, this you're watching something special. Just sit back and 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 watch the ride. You don't have to love it. I just to me, Tampa. No, there is to me. There's no chance. I just don't. I don't see that. First of all, I don't even think they're going to make the playoffs right now. Well, I think the Panthers right now, the way they're playing, and especially the way they played in a game like that. With as much that was on the line against the Lions, I, I just, to me, it's hard for me to believe that they're going to lose this division right now. I think Steve Wilkes has these dudes believing. And so I think that'll take care of that. Now, I mean, a- Aaron Rodgers, I mean, I get what you're saying. First of all, I think I think the way that Kirk Cousins and Minnesota, it, it, the way they're playing right now, I want to believe that that can still carry over into the postseason. They both, but they play one possession games. I mean, they do, but they've single week against mediocre to bad football teams. I mean, who? But okay, who have the Packers beat? That's great. 
in this three-game winning streak. They have won at the Bears. Yep. That's not a great win. They've beat the Rams. Keep in mind, they only won that game 24-12. to Didn't look great. And they beat Miami. And look, I get it. Miami looked really good early in the year. This team is... This Miami team that we're seeing right now, nowhere near as good as that team was early in the season. It's it's not it's so, not that who they've beaten. It's just like looking at them and saying, Rodgers and those rookie receivers are starting to figure it out. It's really hard to not say Tampa Bay is going to figure it out because Brady's there. And I there's, just, there's, I just there's don't too think. Much, there's just got, too much damn talent. They've got so many injuries on the O-line, though. Like Josh Wells... Who is a rotational tackle? He's out now. Yeah, he's not all that well of a player. No, but he. But my point was is that he. Why was he in the game? He had to start because Donovan Smith was hurt. Yeah, he's been hurt. You have Tristan Wirfs, who's been banged up. Their offensive line has been hurt nearly the entire season, and I just they have not shown me at any point this year that they can consistently move the football, and they are going to have to do that in a playoff game. Like, I get it. First game that you will play would be at home. And, I mean, I know from from your perspective, you probably don't want to see them because that's your, your Dallas team would have to go there. You're facing the GOAT. That's a lot of pressure. But I just, to me, I, I would be absolutely stunned if they make it out of their first game. I think the Panthers, because of how they're playing at home, you could make that argument to me. That they could beat the Cowboys. You that there can be a discussion. It's not really an argument. The way that the Buccaneers are playing right now, no, I, I can't. Nope. I, I think Dallas. I'm not going to say they breeze by them, but it would absolutely stun me if Tampa found a way to win that game. The the, the thing about and, and Panther fans, you're going to love hearing me admit this. I want no part of the Cowboys having to come here. None part whatsoever. I know the history of my team in this stadium. Well, you do know you have to go somewhere, right? Uh, yeah, and which like is you why you got to go on the road for like, one of them. You know, hopefully, hopefully, if Dallas goes on the road and they lose, Dak Prescott takes up the mantle of Josh Allen, and every time he talks in the off season, he whines and complains to get a rule change to where they reseed the field by the best record. If you win your division, yes, you deserve a playoff spot. But you're looking at a 13 and 14 potentially going on the road to have to face a seven and ten, maybe an eight and nine team. That's not right. I don't want the Cowboys coming here because the Cowboys can't stop the run, and Carolina just proved the other day that they're more than capable of lining up the ball and moving good defensive linemen out of the way. And so it's it's going to be, I think it's going to be really interesting. I got to tell you, I think the team that I believe the most in in the NFC right now, the way they're playing, is probably the Niners. But I know that Brock Purdy, see, that's the thing. That magic's going to run out. They've all got flaws to them. Here's what's going to happen. We're going to think, because everybody thinks this, Philadelphia really not not as good as their record tells you. That will be the team that will emerge out of all. There will be chaos, but that would be the team that would emerge. To me, those are the two that I probably trust right now because I think that Niners defense is outstanding. 
I mean, I thought they did a tremendous job the other day. Uh, look, Taylor Heineke has done some really good things this season, some special things, really over the last two years. And there were times the other day where he looked like he looked like a dude. He looked like a backup quarterback, a struggling backup quarterback. They, I mean, they went to Carson Wentz at one point in that game to try to get a spark. The Niners actually got the commanders to a point where they said, we got to bring Carson Wentz into the game. So, I mean, I'm not sleeping on them. There probably are some other people that are. And then, I mean, in the AFC, I mean, this is two teams, right? Like, ultimately, in terms of, like, the actual races, like Dolphins, Jets, Patriots, who the hell, those teams, they're one and done if they make the playoffs, right? When they're playing right now? Yeah, no because, because the... The book's out on Tua in Miami. I mean, look, if if this concussion is serious again with him, he's back in concussion protocol. I think they're I think they're done. Yeah. And I mean, at that rate, is Mike White coming back in time for the Jets to make a run here? Because Zach Wilson, you can't put Zach Wilson back out there, man. That's it. We've seen enough. Jets fans have seen enough of him. I think the team as a whole has seen enough of him. He's not a well-liked dude. Move, move the hell on. So I think, yeah, and it's it's Chiefs and Bills in the AFC. Are we just forgetting that Cincinnati's won six in a row? Joe Burrow is still that dude. You've got playmakers galore all over the field. They beat Kansas City for the third time in a calendar year a few weeks ago. Yeah, I just I trust Cincinnati more. I trust Joe Burrow more. Then I trust Josh Allen and Buffalo. I do. I mean, I've yeah, seen it. You can make the argument. I just the thing with 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 them was, I, I mean, the fact that they let New England come back in that game and have a chance. I mean, we've seen that at times this year. They've looked vulnerable, and I still question that O line, man. Yeah, but whenever whenever I, still I look have at so Buffalo, many concerns, I look at Buffalo. I see the AFC Cowboys. Their A game. Maybe the best A game in in the league. It's a fair point. Yeah, that's when, actually when they, a good comparison. When they play to their level, they're the they're the best team I think in the AFC. But how many? That doesn't happen all the time. Josh Allen, as talented as he is, as gifted as he is, yep, he's still too reckless with the football this time of the year. And look, I know Burrow threw a pick six on Sunday. A lot of that was the offensive line. He just tried to throw it out of bounds. Ball didn't get there. Bad things happen. But everyone told us last year was a fluke. What Cincinnati did, and when they started four and four, oh, it's a fluke. They're ten and four. I think they're going to win, or eleven and four. They're going to win that AFC North. I think. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. And I think when it's all said and done, they'll be the. T- I think it's them in Kansas City back in Arrowhead for the a- the AFC title game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, there's, there's definitely an argument there. I just, I, I, I want to believe that this is the bills year. This is finally the year that they put it all together, but we'll, we'll, we'll have to see. Um, by the way, NASCAR, Brad telling me that Mike white will start Sunday for the jets. Yeah. Cause he, he, he cleared protocol and they've already announced that, uh, Wilson, He'll be inactive on the sidelines. Will he be inactive, though, on the older women dating apps? Remains to be seen. Will he be on the sidelines, or will he be smashing players' moms? Stick around. We'll tell you about that. (laughs) Coming up next, 
We'll keep the NFL talk growing, but we'll, we'll focus primarily once again on the local Carolina Panthers. We'll look ahead to this Sunday's matchup with Tampa Bay. Do the Bucks clinch the NFC South, or does Carolina keep their playoff hopes alive? We'll talk about that next year on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Radio 92.7 WFNZ. It's the Wesson Walker Show. Fiddy and Flounder hanging out with you guys today. We only got 40 minutes of this left, man. This, yeah. this day has flown by. Which is why I just want to lock out the dubs tomorrow. Let them come to work. Let them collect their paycheck, but we'll just do the work for them, you know? Get some more airtime, hang out a little bit, have a little bit more fun. I mean, I'd be cool with that. Wesson Walker is slated to be back tomorrow. Walker will actually be t- uh, back on the station tonight. He's hosting Hornets pregame. He took a, He's taking a red eye in to host this pregame. It's just that important to him. Tonight's matchup with the Warriors, which, by the way, they can actually get a season sweep of the Warriors tonight. How about that? That's that's something, man. It's not the same Warriors, but that's impressive. Yeah, no, that'd be something that, you know, and they'd get to uh, three and three on the road trip. That, I got to tell you, that would be about as impressive of a Western Conference road trip as the Hornets have had in a while. And you got Oklahoma City on Thursday, that's a winnable game. You could come back with a winning record. It'd be a lot more easier to talk about them and their potential moving forward the rest of the year. Well, we came back in with that instrumental of started from the bottom by Drake. And that's where the Panthers were after they fired Matt Rule. They were at the bottom of the NFC South, one and four. Um, Steve Wilskis named the interim head coach. Didn't really look positive for them moving forward. Didn't really know what they had moving forward. And now this team sits here. They're six and nine. Their last two games, as of right now, they mean something. They beat Tampa on Sunday afternoon. They play for the division the next week. At New Orleans. And, you know, I think when we were looking at the schedule, we didn't think this game was winnable because the Panthers away from home under Steve Wilkes, not very good. They lost at Cincinnati in blowout fashion. The scoreboard at Baltimore said that game was competitive. I never once thought Carolina was going to win the game. They lose at Atlanta in a game that they, you know, they had the the, the penalty that was a fiasco, but... Uh. Yeah, you know, that was no. more of a comeback. It was more of the Falcons falconing more than the Panthers really playing a, 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 win, a, a, a brand of winning football. But when this team went to Seattle and dominated that game for 60 minutes, really keeping their playoff hopes alive, we looked right here and said, man, if they can win these next two games at home, they split, they lost to Pittsburgh, beat Detroit. The playoffs are a legitimate chance. Well, they split. But given what happened around them, the playoffs are still a chance. Now, they do got to win both of their games. Yes. But I do feel like coming off of this win over Detroit, is this team more confident than the team that we saw coming back from Seattle? Because, like, they kicked Detroit's ass. Yeah, I think they should be because I think Detroit, where they were at coming into this game, they were a better team than Seattle. Seattle, look, they they have had – a really good season 
with all things considered. If you in the preseason would have told me that team won seven games, I would have laughed at you. Pete Carroll would be a legitimate coach of the year candidate given that roster. I mean, seriously, like I, I, I just, it's all falling apart a little bit for them here at the end. And I'm not saying that that win wasn't impressive from the Panthers because at the time Seattle still believed they had legitimate playoff hopes and that game was in Seattle. One of the toughest places to play a game. Only the third time ever Carolina won in, in Seattle. Yeah, exactly. So there's a lot of credit that needs to be due there. But to me, it does not get more impressive than what you saw from them the other day in this game. I mean, from the word go. And I think, you know, to, to be honest with you, it wasn't from the word go. We have not talked enough about how big that fumble from Jared Goff was. If he doesn't fumble that ball, Detroit's up 14 to 7, and we could be talking about a completely different game. The way that the Panthers responded after getting that opportunity was really outstanding. And I don't think anybody saw that coming. I mean, this team absolutely dominated. One of, if not the hottest team in the NFL. I mean, it's so it's so hard because you've got multiple teams that are on fire. Bengals, like you mentioned, and the Jaguars. But the Lions were right in. That, I mean, they were in that same boat. They had won six of their last seven, and their lone loss was a loss at the gun to the Bills on Thanksgiving. So, I, I mean, I, I think this is... If you're the Panthers, you should be as confident as you have been all season long that you can get the job done because, again, you're playing probably your best football. You're executing the game plan that Steve Wilkes wants you to execute about as well as you possibly can right now. Sam Darnold is not turning the football over. And at the same time, I just said in the last segment, Tampa is not, I mean, they are not playing good football at all. Now, the concern is that the Saints are kind of creeping up from behind you. But, I mean, this is, it is really amazing what Steve Wilkes has has done for this team. The belief that they have in the locker room to be able to come out and absolutely dominate an opponent like that in a must-win game. You know, whenever Matt Rule started his media tour week of getting that Nebraska job, he had that soundbite that said he was really proud he never lost a locker room. And I don't think he was wrong. I don't think he ever lost a locker room. But you know what Steve Wilkes has that Matt Rule never had? He has the belief in that locker room. Those guys believe in the words that he is telling them. Um, and I just don't think that ever happened with Matt for whatever reason, maybe it was because he gave them the way of the Panther notebook and compared the franchise to a co- you know, a, 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 a soda product or something like that. I don't know what it was, but there's something about that grown man that he looks in the eyes with those 53 men and they believe and coming off of what they did on Saturday, were they just physically impose their will against an opponent that 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 stuff's intangible like our biggest concern going into the game was could the panthers score enough to keep up with detroit 
high-powered offense. Jared Goff's been sensational. DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams, Amron St. Brown. You've got James, you know, Jameson Williams back from injury. They've got guys that can put up yards and points. In the middle part of the third quarter, that game was over because Carolina out-physicaled them. And I think that's going to be the biggest challenge going into this game Sunday is can they out-physical Tampa? Tampa's beat up. I mean, Tampa's beat up as much as any team in the NFL across the board. The injury bug started for them in training camp, and the reason really they are where they are is because Brady is just a goat, and that's why they're still playing for for a playoff spot. But this is a team that can still physically overwhelm you in, in the Buccaneers. And I look at it and say, if Carolina can go down there and they can out physical them, and they win the battle up front on both sides of the ball, yeah, I think I trust Carolina a lot more. And, you know, if this team goes into Tampa and they win, you're going to have a hard time telling Chris McClain and, and others that this team is not going to go into the Superdome, another house of horrors for this franchise, but not come away victorious with an NFC South division title. Well, Bud Lightyear says, look, if the Panthers beat the Bucks and the Bucks lose to the Falcons in week 17, then the Panthers can lose to the Saints. Here's my thing, though. Going into that game... That should not at all be the plan. Your plan right now in that locker room is we have to win the last two games of the season. Is it possible that they could that the Bucks could lose in the final week of the regular season to the Falcons? Oh, of course it is. But I mean, look, the the Falcons are not exactly a great team either. It's not like the Falcons are really playing at a high level. So I would not want to put anything. Uh, you know, my playoff hopes on their shoulders. You need to go out and do it yourself. And look, we, we've talked about it. What's the things that travel well, no matter where you go this time of year? NBA players. Okay. That's good. Quality, quality joke there. Um, by the way, I'm not laughing. So, again, I, I still think I'm the funnier of the two. Uh, funnier looking, yes, but that joke was Oof. pretty good. Yeah, okay, yeah. that's we, We've we've seen pictures are up online of both of us. You guys can take, uh, can, can give your opinion on that one. But I think that if, you know, for Carolina, the the running game and defense travels on the road. And the way that those that that they are playing right now, look, I know it wasn't perfect defensively on Sunday. I still think the corners are playing off, and that is a concern moving forward because now you don't have J.C. Horn, or you or you may not have J.C. Horn. He's going to attempt to play this upcoming week, but we have no clue. That's definitely going to be a challenge. But I just. To me, if this team can even can run the ball even remotely the way that they did the other day, for a franchise record, 320 yards on the ground, 570 yards overall, another franchise record. Like these are the things when you get to this time of the year, no matter what sport it is, momentum is always the biggest thing that you look for and right now out of these teams I would say they have the most momentum the Saints yeah they've won two in a row but like are we really saying they're playing great I just to be honest I thought the other day I thought that just showed that Cleveland not really all that great yeah no I mean I haven't looked at the Saints and thought about believing in them 
I thought when Atlanta made the decision to bench Mariota for uh, Desmond Ritter, that was their way of telling us out loud that they didn't think they could win the division. So they want to see what they had in their young buck mm. and put themselves in the best position to get a draft pick. How much does the first matchup factor into this? Because Carolina overwhelmed Tampa Bay 21-3, to uh, and they basically shut them out until the latter parts of that fourth quarter. You know Tampa's going to be motivated. No Julio Jones for for Tampa in that game. Was it Mike Evans who dropped the what would have been touchdown the very first or second play of the game? Really set the tone that it wasn't going to be their day. Yes. You know Tampa's going to be motivated. You know Brady's going to be motivated. How much does that play a factor, trying to beat them for now a second time under Steve Wilkes in six weeks or so? I mean, look, there's definitely going to be the motivation factor on their side. But, I mean, for the Panthers, I mean, it's just got to be, look, we have to do this ourselves. For the Buccaneers, you could still find a way to back into the playoffs. And for them, I mean, I don't think that they are going to try to stray from the recipe that they've had here over these last handful of games because it's worked. And to be honest with you, I just do not think that they are in enough of a rhythm to just turn it on. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this is a team that all of a sudden can just come out and look like a Super Bowl contending offense. Yeah, but didn't we think that after they came back and beat the Rams, after they came back and beat the Saints, after they started 17 nothing up on Cincinnati, didn't we think that was what was happening? And then it just didn't happen? Yeah, and it's just, I don't believe, like, my thing with them is, is are we really thinking that that win over the Arizona Cardinals was that impressive? Because I don't. I mean, look, it, it, it's, that's, that Arizona Cardinals team. Not good. Not good with Kyler Murray and all their pieces healthy. They don't have all their pieces healthy. They don't have Kyler Murray. They don't even have Colt McCoy. Like, that team was getting it handed to them at one point by Trace McSorley. I don't know about y'all. I've seen Sam Darnold here down the stretch of this season. He has looked a hell of a lot better than Trace McSorley looked the other night. So, that's my thing. Look, I think there will be motivation coming from multiple places for Tampa. Because they probably are believing like you were talking about in the last segment. If we get in, we've got we've got Tom Brady. So who is actually stopping us? But I, I just I just find it hard to believe that everything is going to click in this game. I think the Panthers just coming off of that performance, it's going to be really hard for me to imagine a scenario where basically everything is flipped from the first game between these two, and Tampa comes out and just dominates Carolina. I, I don't see that happening. You just heard from myself and Flounder about, you know, how these two teams are different heading into the second matchup. Here's Panthers interim head coach Steve Wilkes saying that there's a lot different between these two teams than the first time they met back in October. We got to make sure that we execute. We got to stop the run. Fournette did a, a great job yesterday in getting his yardage in the run game. They did a tremendous job in finding ways to get him the ball out on the perimeter. Uh, he's definitely going to be a guy that we got to make sure that we, you know, try to contain those receivers. Julio is back. We didn't play against him the first go around. They definitely have some weapons. Again, we got to stop the run first and then try to make them one dimensional. 
I do wonder, though, going into this game with the injuries to J.C. Horn, the concerns you have at that corner that you had to come bring Josh Norman to the practice squad, do you want to make him one-dimensional? Do you want Brady to sit back there and find a matchup or two that he likes to pick on? I don't know. And then yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know if you really have a choice because of the way that you have to play your corners that you're going to have out there. C.J. Henderson is a guy that's had a cushion between him and receivers the entire season. And we know Keith Taylor's going to have to have a cushion of some sort. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be a challenge. The thing is, is Carolina's got to win this game up front. It's got to start Brian Burns. Derek Brown, I thought they did a tremendous job the other day of it, it, they, early in the game, they weren't getting a ton of pressure on Jared Goff, but what they were doing was they were getting their hands up, batting balls down. They had four in the first half that they swatted to the ground. I think in this game against this beat up offensive line for Tampa, you need these guys to come out and prove that they have taken major steps forward that we've seen throughout this year. Man, Brian Burns has had a tremendous season to this point. Now, late in the year, it looks like he's you know, running out of steam just a little bit, but I thought he played pretty well the other day. And I, I think you're going to have to have him play well once again in this one. The other thing is, is that, you know, I, I think this is one where – I'm not saying you're leaning on the offense in this game, but you didn't. The last time that you faced this team, you weren't even running the football as well as you're running it now. That's what's so different about what you're going to be putting out there against this group as opposed to the first time. You can come out and run the ball at well at, at will. Your guys are in rhythm, so lean on them. Lean on Foreman. Lean on Chuba Hubbard and lean on this offensive line that proved this week that and they, they can they can move guys out of the way. You know, Pittsburgh, I thought that was just that was one that we probably should have looked at as more of a trap game than anything because of the fact that you had these two divisional matchups at the end and because you had Detroit right before that. So, I, I think that's got to be your game plan if you're Steve Wilkes and the Carolina Panthers. This is Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, the Wes and Walker Show. Fitty and Flounder in for Wes and Walker. For the final time today, Flounder, flash me. All right, well, now I have to scramble here because you decided not to tell me. I thought I communicated during the last communication that you were going to flash the rest of the way. That's my bad. Okay. It's all good. It's all good. Well, let's go into the world of college football, though. We talked about it earlier. Wake Forest quarterback Sam Hartman plans uh, to enter the transfer portal, according to Pete Thamel. And Notre Dame is his expected destination. This kind of makes some sense from the Notre Dame standpoint of them not pursuing a transfer earlier. It feels like this was something they knew was going to happen. They knew that Sam Hartman was going to be their guy. And ultimately, I mean, I don't think, I think this is a pretty solid move for them. Sam Hartman probably gives them what they need for next year. Somebody earlier was talking to me about the fact that, I mean, 
is this really a a move that makes Notre Dame better? I think so. You know, because they said, well, this is a more run-heavy scheme. He came from an air raid offense. Remember, though, that when that Wake Forest offense was at its best, it's when they were running the ball very well. I, I just wonder, like, this is a guy that in big moments always came up short and didn't want to talk to the media, and he played at Winston-Salem. You're now going to Notre Dame. You're going to a premier program. The pressure, the expectation is to compete for national titles. It's an up, it's an upgrade in terms of the quarterback position. I don't know. I don't know how Sam Hartman is going to transition as he goes into that program, but be interesting to see. I do know his Peaky Blinders fit will be a that thing will slot when he shows up to Saturday Mass before they play football games. Meanwhile, another ACC quarterback. DJ Uyunglele has committed to Oregon State. This one kind of came out of nowhere. You know, we were seeing UCLA early for him, and then it looked like he was going to end up back right around home with the Hawaii program, but he ends up at Oregon State, a team that, by the way, had an unbelievably successful season this year. What do you make of this move? I, I found this one pretty interesting. I'm not exaggerating when I say this. They will enter the offseason as a sleeper to make the playoff next year. They won 10 games. They beat Oregon in the rivalry game. Because they got DJU? You got your five offensive linemen all coming back. Their running backs are back. Their top pass weapons are back. It's a good defense. Not great. If he can just be adequate. This team can win 10, 11, maybe 12 games next year. I'm not saying they're going to make the playoff, but they're going to be a team that we're, we're doing our sleeper stuff in July and we got nothing to talk about. The Beavers of Oregon State will be on that list. I mean, look, I think they were going to be in that conversation anyways. That Their thing is, is that they didn't really have consistent play from the quarterback spot this year. Uh, they really split the time between two guys. Early in the season, it was Chance Nolan. He ends up getting hurt. And that may have ultimately been the best thing for them because then Ben Golbranson comes in. And, I mean, he played pretty well. Um, but I, I think that they feel like they needed an upgrade. I don't know, man. I, how much of an upgrade really is that, though? Like, I mean, DJU, I mean, he's done some good things. Maybe the pressure of not being at a program that's expected to make the playoff year in and year out will help him. But I still, I, I still think you're putting a lot on his plate, man. By the way, the guy, really quickly, one last thing I'll throw in here before we roll. Hudson Card, the guy that everybody was trying to project to Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, all these different programs, he ends up at Purdue, of all places. So that, that makes a little bit more sense as opposed to the spots that we were hearing he could possibly land, which to me were outlandish. Yeah, the the deck got shuffled after some other places didn't show any interest. He winds up in West Lafayette uh, and with Purdue. Sports Radio 927 WFNZ, the Weston Walker Show, Fiddy and Flounder in for the boys. We come back, it'll be the walk-off. What's on tap and more here on Sports Radio 927 WFNZ.
Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. It's the Wes and Walker Show. Fitty and Flounder in for the guys. It's the last segment of the show, which means it's Unreal. time. Yeah, this, this day has flown by. This show has flown by. And with this being the last segment, that means that it is time for What's on Tap. What's on Tap is brought to you by Twin Peaks. Join our e-club to stay up to date on all things Twin Peaks and score free stuff. Visit TwinPeaksRestaurant.com slash Peaks-Club. And what's on tap for tonight? Hornets and Warriors. Hornets continue their West Coast trip. Tonight at 10, B, uh, 10 p.m. Pre-game will be at 9. Walker May will be hosting. I'll be here with you guys as well. And this is the last game that the Hornets are West. Uh, they, they, they come back into the Midwest on, on Thursday when they face Oklahoma City. Oh, thanks. Thank you for that geography lesson. There. You know, and, and a chance to sweep the defending NBA champion Golden State Warriors. That's That'd be bad. something to hang your hat on. What's right now been a rather disappointing and lost season. Well, and the other thing is that, look, the Warriors the other day on Christmas Day looked really good. Clay Thompson looked really good. Yeah, against a highly regarded Grizzlies team. So it's not going to be easy, but I mean, I got to be honest with you. I thought there was a legitimate chance that this team would go out West and not win a single game. I I, I really thought that was possible, but man, I mean, they they have, they have shown some things here. I I thought their, their performance the other night in LA against the Lakers was outstanding because the Lakers are a team that's trying to claw themselves back into the playoff picture in the Western Conference. It would be easy for you to say they have more motivation than the Hornets. They're a better overall team right now than the Hornets. And you could have just laid down. But, man, they that was an outstanding performance from the Hornets that night. Wasn't great last night. By the way, though, last night, we didn't talk about this. I thought Mark Williams showed some really good things. And he's showing that you are going to have to play him sooner rather than later. Oh, yeah. The challenge is, is are you taking away minute minutes from Nick Richards? Because Nick Richards has looked pretty good, too. So kind of a log jam there at center. But he he showed some re- really special things, I thought, especially in that first half last night. The thing I, that I've been really pleased with um, from Charlotte has been – you know, they just kept telling us, once we get our guys back, we'll play better. We'll look a lot better. And so far, for the most part, outside of the, the, the loss to the Clippers, when I mean, they competed really hard against Denver, they, you know, they beat, they beat Sacramento. You know, they, they've done some really nice things on this road trip. And hopefully that, you know, that, that'll carry back when they come back to the Spectrum Center. By the way, we we have to say this because our guy Salty Pirate is in is living up to his name about as well as he possibly can. Are you excited at all for tonight's bowl game, six forty five ESPN, Coastal Carolina, and ECU? I I no. this one this one sort of intrigues me probably the most of any that we've seen so far. Um. Eh, well, Wake Forest, Wake Forest, Missouri was was somewhat intriguing coming in. I, I mean, I think look, Grayson McCall's final game with Coastal Carolina. I think that'll be interesting. 
ECU, can they continue to build on momentum? I, that would be a huge win for East Carolina to finish out their season. Eight and five continues the progress that you're seeing being made out there by Mike Houston. Before he leaves for another job. Uh, yeah, you, you would imagine at some point. Not all that interested. I, it it not, might be on. Yeah, I'm not thrilled. But, I will but, say but this. It, it'll, it'll be background in, uh, entertainment. I will say this. Four games on today. But we, we haven't even mentioned the one that's on right now. In case anybody's wondering, Buffalo up 20 to 14 over Georgia Southern. Yeah, it's on in the studio, but I haven't. I haven't looked up there. I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, that is the game that interests me the most out of the other matchups. Memphis and Utah State, not really. I mean, we, we're Blake Anderson guys, so eh, maybe we'll check in on it. Uh, Wisconsin and Oklahoma State does nothing for me. Yeah. Now. So you got that salty pirate, and I do. I don't think they're gonna win. I I, I would take Coastal Carolina to win tonight. Grayson McCall's final game. I think he'll show out. Yeah, I don't care enough to pick the game quickly. Let's move on to uh, on this day in sports history. In 1892, Biddle University beat Livingstone College five to nothing in the first. I guess we would consider this the first HBCU college football game. Mm. Why is that important? That game took place right up the road in Salisbury, North Carolina. How about that, man? Uh, and then two on this days in 1998, the Dallas Cowboys became the first team to sweep all of their NFC East games in a season because the East runs through Dallas. And uh, No, right now it currently runs through Philadelphia. Right? Still leading the division. I just wanted to clear that up. And also on this day in 1998, Emma Smith became the all-time rushing touchdowns leader, um, surpassing the great Walter Payton. Another reason why, Walker Mayo, uh, Emma Smith is the GOAT of running backs. I'm I'm with Walker on that one. Yeah, well, Walker said he's being, he may be a top 10 running back I'm not with time. Walker on that part, but the greatest of all time is Barry Sanders. That's that's a that's a whole nother. We started nother. the show with bad takes. We'll end the show with bad takes, buddy. This was uh this was fun. Yes, it was. I, I got to tell you, it was amazing. The listeners were tremendous too. Um, I know you know we're, you you guys are new to hearing us, so uh, for you guys to be as responsive as you were on the text line was great. And I hope you had as much fun as we did for three hours. You know, we got it. We we got this opportunity. They came to us and asked us if we wanted to do it, and. Uh, we, we thought, why not? Let's just go out there and, and wing it and have some fun. And I thought it was tremendous. Coming up next, stay right here on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. It's the Clubhouse with Kyle Bailey. But Julian Council filling in for our lumberjacking radio host. That's up next, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.